Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight we're going to find out an answer to a question. And the question is, how do I lead my family to Christ? How do I lead my family to Christ? Wow. If you've ever had that question, then uh, you know uh, uh, tonight uh, uh, we're going to answer it. And you know it will make a difference in your life. So uh, set your mind tonight to hear what the Spirit of God is going to say to us. And we're going to take the Word of God, and we're going to be going from, the, from Genesis you know, all the way through the Word of God. And we're going to be um, uh, finding out how we can impact our family for Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, we ended last Wednesday night in Acts chapter 16. Last Wednesday night, we talked about a woman named Lydia. If you remember, she was the first convert of the Apostle Paul on the European continent. He went over to Europe, went to specifically to the place called Philippi, to a city of the Roman province there, one of the foremost cities. And there he met a woman named Lydia. And uh, there, you know, uh, uh, she listened. Not only did she listen, but Lydia had done something very interesting. So we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 16, where we uh, fairly much left off last week. And we're going to answer the question, how do I lead my family to Christ? In Acts 16, in chapter 14, you may remember Lydia was not a Jew. She was a Gentile from Thyatira. She was a business lady. Uh, perhaps she had an, you know, an import business of selling purple. And, uh, uh, but she had seen uh, uh, what kind of life that the Jews around her lived, how committed they were to Jehovah. And so on a Sabbath morning, which we will liken to our you know, church day, on her church day, she found herself out with a bunch of other church people, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, other uh, 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 Jews who were worshiping Jehovah. She was out there worshiping and praying and singing. And uh, 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 verse 14, the Apostle Paul went out there, and he, you know, he was the preacher of the day, as it were, there. And the Bible says in verse 14, Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Isn't that amazing? We talked about how only God can open a heart the same way that he opened Chris's heart, the same way he opened my heart. I can remember when he opened my heart. You can probably remember when all of a sudden it became real to you. You know, know, some of you were very fortunate and you were just raised in in a godly Christian environment all of your life and some of you weren't. And some of you can, you know, remember that just because you knew about him still didn't make it a personal revelation. Some of you went to church for years before you actually had a personal revelation a personal conviction a personal eye opening and all of a sudden you know uh, God opened up her eyes and opened up her heart amazing God opened up her heart and she heed she she to heed to give credence if you will to 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 actually give some credibility to say you know wow he opened up her heart to say that's true that's that you know I'm I'm listening, that, that, that's something that affects me. 
And so, uh, you know, Paul was preaching, verse 15, and when Lydia and her household, all right, even if you say it under your breath or in your mind, everybody say household. Household, you know the word household, uh, just that singular word, not words derivative of that, but just that singular word household is mentioned 61 times in the Bible. That's amazing. And today I read every one of them, okay, and, uh, and, and looked at the nuances of them. And this week I've been studying how God impacts not just us, but our family, what his intent is in impacting our family. And that's what we see here in verse number 15. And when she and her household were baptized, it wasn't just her, the Lord opened up her heart, but you know also Lydia had in tow with her, evidently her household. Now, we're uncertain if this was just, you know, her children, those who lived in her home, her servants, her workers, her co-workers, her family, her friends, but those, you know, whom she influenced and those who who evidently lived with her and depended on her she had them out by the river on a Saturday morning praying and singing and worshiping and listening to the Apostle Paul minister and when God opened up her heart to heed the things uh, her uh, her life influenced the life of her household and the Bible says that when she and her household were baptized of course she begged the Apostle Paul and those with him that if they you know found her to be faithful uh, to the lord if if you really think i'm serious you know about about my commitment to christ then you know come to my house and stay and so they did well uh, as i said last week we we discovered that lydia had a major part to play in the plan of god Lydia was the first person that the Apostle Paul led to Christ, as we have record of, on the European continent. And and that's just amazing in itself, because now, throughout all the ages, she has been looked at as this model, as this example of of, of reaching out into new territory, reaching out into a new world, being bold enough, brave enough, as the Apostle Paul had a part to play. He went out and he began to talk to them about Jesus. You know, we all have a part to play. We talked about that last Wednesday night. And Lydia had a part to play. There she was, and she was also you know brought her family with her her household with her everybody has a part to play and so what we realize that that there's no doubt you know that 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 this story this account has been preached for all these centuries for the last 2,000 years Lydia has become fairly well known not only in earth but you know on, on, on earth but I imagine when someone who is born again goes from earth to heaven there are a few people you want to meet and the few people that I want to meet are some of the people whose names are in the Bible because I've talked about them so much you know, and, I, and, I, and I've just told so many people. One of the people I want to meet when I get to heaven is Lydia. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'll have enough time. It'll be eternity. I think I will. And whenever I meet Lydia, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that she is aware because she's been in heaven a couple of thousand years and she has seen so many people come and no doubt people have looked her up. No doubt she is, uh, you know, I mean, your name's in the Bible. Of course people are going to want to meet you. They're wanting to, wanting to hear this this account from, from your perspective and wanting to tell you perhaps someone heard, heard the story of, 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 of what she did and, 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 and impacted them. Maybe they gave their life to Christ. Maybe they made a commitment. Maybe they did something. Maybe they played their part, you know. Maybe it encouraged them to, to go out and witness to other people because it worked for Lydia, you know. Maybe it encouraged them to reach across, you know, uh, cultural boundaries or denominational boundaries or economic boundaries because the Apostle Paul, you know, was not a businessman and he 
was reaching out into a business world. You know, he, he, he was not a Gentile, and here he's reaching to a Gentile. You know, and, uh, uh, all of the, he, he, he was not a woman, and here he's reaching out to, 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 to women. Uh, it's, it's amazing. No telling how many people have been encouraged to do something for Jesus. Something has become real because of her story. And, you know, uh, you may have someone else in the Bible that's your favorite Bible character. But no doubt someone in, the, you know, in these past 2,000 years, Lydia has been one of their favorite Bible characters. And the story of Lydia has impacted them positively for Christ. And so when they get to heaven, you don't forget about all that, by the way. It's not, I mean, it's not, you know, you got a lot of time on your hands. And, and you're not going to forget about the people that made a difference in your life. And so I can imagine if you go to heaven and you look up Lydia and you find her and you talk about, you know, talk to her, she will probably know. She probably already knows that she's very, very famous. She's got her name in the Bible. She's famous. Um, no, she's probably very happy. Maybe she's proud that the story, that that account, I mean, she didn't do it so her name would be in the Bible. Sometimes we read Bible characters and imagine, well, you know, of course, uh, if, if I was Elijah, I would act that way because I wouldn't want everybody to know that I was an idiot. Well, Elijah didn't know his name was going to be in the Bible. Okay? Maybe you need to stop acting, you know, like you're acting because your name might be in the next book. I mean, we don't know. We really don't know. Uh, Lydia had no idea that anyone would ever know who she was. She did not do it for fame, did not do it for fortune. She did it for no reason. So now today, can you imagine if that were you, that you get to heaven and people are looking you up and you feel a little embarrassed? I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. But let me tell you what Lydia will tell you. Now, She's happy to have been the first convert. She's happy probably to have impacted, you know, uh, your life or someone else's life. But let me tell you most likely what she's most proud of. Without, without question that I'm, without, without concern of being wrong, I think that Lydia would tell you she's most proud because her salvation saved her household as well. She's most proud about those in her household, those that knew her, those who were close to her, those that, that, that had surrounded her. She's probably, I would imagine, most proud, not that her name is in the Bible, but rather that her family is in heaven. That's what I would be most proud of, and I imagine that she's that kind of person. You know, uh, uh, I, I can easily imagine, and I know that God chose her, do you know when God chose her? God chose her to be the first convert of the Apostle Paul in the Bible. God chose her to be that person. He chose her. He chose her from, from all that she was. He, he, he chose her. I want this person to, 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 to be, you know, remembered. He chose her. God chooses people and uses people. But not only did God choose her to be the first convert in Europe to the Apostle Paul's ministry. But God also chose her to be an impact to her family because Jesus loved her household every bit as much as he did her. You see, God not only had his eyes on saving her, and God not only has his eyes on saving you, but when Jesus saves you, God has his heart set on saving your whole household. 
That's just throughout the Word of God. Throughout the Word of God, God is not just focused on saving you, although He is. He wants to save you. But do you know that God has His heart set on saving your whole household? Now, these, th- this is something we should not forget. This should be re- really huge in our world. This should explode in our world. And all of a sudden, the, not, not just the possibilities, but what God is intending because of the way that He continued to write, you know, a, 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 a account after account after account to show us that God wants to save all of my friends and God wants to save every member of my family. That's his intent. That's what he wants to do. And he wants to use me to do that. that, that, That's that's, uh, icing on the cake for him saving me is that he's wanting to use me. He not only chooses me, he wants to use me. He not only chooses you, he wants to use you. He not only chooses you, but he chooses you to be a witness to your whole family, to your whole household. He has his heart on saving your whole household. Uh, We see this same scenario of Lydia played out throughout the Word of God. In the book of Genesis, we're about to go there and look and and see uh, how, how that even centuries and centuries ago, family after family was impacted by this same scenario. This very same thing. Uh, one of the earliest promises dealing with the blessings, uh, uh, one of the earliest promises of God deals with the blessings which come upon families. Families, not just individuals. Families. Okay? Your family is blessed. Because, because you are saved, your family is blessed. Because you are saved, God has his heart on saving your whole family. That's just God. That's God. He's looking at your children, your children's children. He's looking at your children's 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 children. He's looking at your friends. He's looking at those you influence. God is going to reach to people through people. That's just the way he does. He, I mean, that, 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 that's his only pattern. He reaches to people through, through people. And, uh, you know, God is looking at people in your family that aren't even born yet. And he has already set his heart on saving them. And you know what? He said it's hard on you being a part of that. Wow. One of the earliest promises deals with that. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, you know, the Bible says in verse 9, I'll, I'll read these quickly, you know, uh, don't bow down to other false gods. I, 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 I'll just tell you what it says. Don't bow down to false gods. And, you know, uh, why? Because, you know, uh, uh, God's jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generations of those that hate me. Wow. That's pretty tough. You know, those that serve other gods, those that are wicked, those that are evil. Do you know God visits the sins of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation? I think that's kind of, you know, uh, verse 10 says, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 7, 9 follows up by saying this, therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments do you know unrighteousness can only endure for three or four generations but righteousness endures for a thousand generations a thousand generations are covered by my righteousness a thousand generations that means that for another thousand generations god is going to be looking at my family and blessing them and doing his best to save them through the covenant that i have with him that's amazing 
when a wicked man dies, the best he can hope is to impact his family, you know, and, and for them to have to pay for his troubles and, 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 and try to get out from under that, that, that old terrible fruit and wicked evil fruit of his life and, and the wicked influence of his life. Because, you know, many times uh, families influence family members. How many times have you seen families that just, just repeat problems and circling problems after problems after problems but you know even that even, even though that may endure for three or four generations yet righteousness God has made righteousness to be so much more powerful than wickedness light so much more powerful than darkness healing so much more powerful than sickness God has made salvation and forgiveness so much more powerful than than uh, than sin and unforgiveness isn't that amazing amazing righteousness is powerful and you 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 have probably heard of abraham you know you know of course you have i hope you have if you haven't okay but you know he's he's kind of an important guy and uh uh, abraham was a man whom god definitely chose but you know we know we see god choosing abraham but we must also realize that we see god using abraham you see god chooses and uses people and uh, we know that God chose Abraham but why did he choose Abraham why did God choose Abraham was he better looking no that wouldn't make it any sense you know he told uh, King Saul you know uh, you know uh, and 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 uh, you know Samuel the prophet and and others you know he, he doesn't look on the outward appearance you know he said to Israel I didn't choose you because you were better than anybody else because you're not you know even holier even no you know why did God choose Abraham well, same reason he chose Lydia. Why did God choose Lydia? Why did God choose Lydia? I mean, there were a lot of people out there by that river that day. There were a lot of people. You know how many people Paul must have walked by after he landed at Neapolis and walked from Neapolis all the way down to Philippi? That's a pretty long walk. And you know, the Bible says that he was in Philippi for a few days before the Sabbath came. No doubt he went around a lot of people during those few days and saw a lot of people. What made God choose Lydia? What made God choose Abraham? What makes God choose someone and choose to use someone? Well, uh, you know, the Bible does not leave us wondering about that. The Bible actually tells us why. And so look in Genesis, if you would, in chapter 18, verse 17. And I don't mean to be rushing through this, but let me just cut to the chase and tell you that the Bible says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? He was talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. He was going down, sending angels down to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy it if he found that the wickedness was altogether what he had heard. And so the angel stopped by, and God said, Shall I hide? And you know, the, the, you know, why would I hide anything from Abraham? Well, what made Abraham so special? What made Lydia so special? You know, what made, uh, shall I hide from Abraham that thing that I do? Verse 18, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great nation, a mighty nation, and all nations of the earth shall be blessed by him, well, uh, blessed in him. I mean, okay, God is seeing something in Abraham, okay? God sees that all the nations are going to be blessed by Abraham. Nations are going to be blessed by him. Amazing, you know. Uh, 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 he's going to become a great and mighty nation. I mean, he's an old man. He's an old man. I say old man. You know, he's probably here at this point, maybe, I don't know, in his 80s or 90s, probably in his 90s. <laughs> Seeing that he's going to become a great nation. Hello, have you seen him, God? You know, Why did God choose him? Because verse 19 answers this question for us it says for i know him this is why god chose him god knows him but you know god knows you too 
I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. I know that he's going to be involved in his family and his friends and those he surrounds himself with. I know what Abraham's going to do. This is why I choose Abraham. This is why I decide that I'm going to reveal things to Abraham. Because Abraham's going to become a great nation and nations of the earth be blessed in him. Why? Because I know him that he is going to command his children. He's going to actually step up in his children's life. He's going to be a prolific, strong figure. He's going to speak into his children's life. He's not just going to let them, you know, one day choose for themselves what's he going to do you know he's going to command them he's going to not just command them he's going to command his whole household he is actually going to teach them and train them which we see him doing later on his whole household after him and they shall keep the way of the lord of course train a child up in the way they'll go and when they get old they will not depart from it they will keep the way of the lord this is why i'm going to choose abraham because i got a big thing to do in the earth i got something big to do in the earth and i know something about abraham i've been watching him i know abraham if i I can get through to Abraham and bless Abraham, then he is going to absolutely let everybody in his family know that I'm a good God, a loving God, a caring God, that I, that I have a relationship, I have a covenant, that I will you know, uh, do what I say. And he will command his children, his household, they will keep the way of the Lord, they will do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he's spoken of him. You know, all the earth is going to be blessed in him. And Abraham's going to do this, and that's why I know that he's going to be a great nation, is because he He's going to take command of those that, 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 that are in his influence. He's going to lead them in the right way, teach them and train them, just like Lydia, who brought her household. I mean, do you think, you know, let's just imagine, let's just go ahead and let our, let, let our minds imagine things that we cannot know, but do you think that her children or her servants wanted to get up early on a Saturday morning and go out and pray to a God that wasn't even a part of their world? Probably not. She probably made them. She probably commanded them. Yeah. You ever been a kid been commanded to go to church? <laughs> yeah. Well, here you are now. Look, it must have worked. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Trained in the way that you should go? Yeah, sure. And uh, uh, he, he will command his children to keep the way. Uh, you know, as we heard earlier, God has his heart on saving your whole household. If we just fast forward into, into Genesis chapter 35, Abraham, you know, uh, Abraham had a son named Isaac, one of his sons named Isaac, who the covenant passed to. Isaac had a couple of sons, Jacob and Esau. The Bible tells us in Genesis 35, that, that uh, uh, verse number 2, and Jacob said to his household, Jacob said to his household, interesting, huh? And to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves and change your garments, and then let us rise and go up to Bethel. What is he saying? Well, Bethel means in, in, in Hebrew, house of God. Bethel, Bethel, the house of God. Let's go to church. Okay, okay, what did he say? He said to his children. He said to his family, he said to his household, this is what Jacob said when he was in his, uh, in, in, in his um, let's see, Jacob was probably about 90, you know, he was somewhere in his early 90s probably about this time. And this is what he said to his household. He said this to his children's household. He said, get up, take a bath, get ready, get your clothes on, and let's go to church. He did. He just did. And they said, let's build an altar there to the Lord. Let's, let's do something for God here. 
You know, uh, this, is, this is why God chose Abraham, because he knew it would endure through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joshua and on, you know, and through, but because they were going to be proactive in teaching their family the value of having a covenant with God and being connected with God. Jacob told his family, all his household, get up, take a bath, get clean, change your clothes, you know, uh, go to church, worship God, uh, because he is the God that delivered me from my worst day. He's the God that's been with me every step of the way. That's what he told them, if you read the account there. And that's why, you know, God changed Jacob's name, changed it to, to, to Israel, a prince with God. Why was he a prince with God? Because he too, just like Abraham, commanded his household, commanded his children, taught his children, and led them in the right way. He was a positive influence, a positive impact. He did something. He absolutely invested what he believed about God in the lives of those that, that he had influence over, on those that he commanded. You know, uh, no doubt that's why God chose George Washington. No, uh, the examples don't stop there. You know, Rahab, you know, she was saved by Joshua. You can read in the book of Joshua, the sixth chapter, verse 25. The Bible says that Rahab and her father, her whole household of her father was saved. Everybody else in Jericho killed, saved. Why? Because God's into saving households. God's not just saving individuals, but households. God wants the family. God had his heart not just set on Rahab. He had his heart set on Rahab's whole family, whole household. And they were all saved. There, there are picture after picture. You know, uh, in Joshua 24, 15, Joshua said, As for me and my house, may everybody, might, we're going to serve the Lord. It's not, a, it's not a suggestion. It is a command. We are going to serve the Lord. It's a command. I love that. How powerful is that? In 2 Samuel chapter 6, the Bible says that when the Ark of the Covenant had to be put in Obed-Edom's house for a short time, the Bible says that everything in Obed-Edom's house and his whole household was blessed because God was in the house. Because Obed-Edom said, yes, bring the presence and the power and the glory of God into my house. And when Obed-Edom said, yes, even though it was killing other people, even though other people were afraid of it, Obed-Edom said, let's bring the presence of God into my house. And the Bible says his whole household was blessed and everything he had. Amazing. 2 Samuel, the sixth chapter also, the Bible tells us of the Ark of the Covenant being brought into, in, in, into Jerusalem. And David out there dancing. You know, he was out there dancing and worshiping God. I mean, they were having church, okay? Church was having an, outside, an, an, an outdoor party, okay? And they, they, they were, uh, he, he was just in love with God. And the Bible says he left that moment. Of, having, of, of, of enjoying worshiping God. He left worship with the intent, the Bible says, of going to his household to bless his household. He left church, went home to bless those that didn't get to go to church that day. I mean, he went home with a purpose. You know, when we leave church and somebody didn't get to go to church with us that day and we're going home to a household or going home to people we influence, we ought to be going there with, a, with, with, with the thought of I just, had, I just had an experience with the presence of God, with the Word of God, and I, with intent, am going home to bless those in my household, to be a blessing to them because God has been a blessing to me. In Acts chapter 16, again, if we read on, read on down further from, from Lydia's account, we get to this jailer. You remember the jailer? 
the jailer at, at you know Paul and Silas had been put in jail a little bit later after they led Lydia to the Lord and 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 they were you know nighttime in the midnight hour and their feet were in stocks and they were in chains and the prisoners were listening and Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises and God opened the prison doors and and God uh, God caused all the chains to fall off you know I mean literally all the prisoners that's an indication that they all got saved and they all were just overwhelmed because of what Paul and Silas did but then the jailer distraught worried distressed fearing that he was going to have to pay uh, the sentences of all those that escaped although none of them escaped the jailer asked in verse number 30 uh, as he brought Paul and Silas out he said to them sirs what must I do to be saved Boy, what a what a powerful word what must I do to be saved what do I have to do you know we need to know what people should do because somebody's going to ask you what do I need to do to be saved you need to know what they need to do and this is what Paul answered so Paul and Silas, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's more than, not where it stopped. You will be saved, you and your household. God is a household God. God is a God that cares about every member of our family, every person we influence, every person that we work with, every person that works with us. God cares. He has his heart set on using you, choosing you and using you, and he wants you to save those in your household. He wants to use you to bring them to him. That's his hope. That's his, that's, that's his desire. You know, I mean, so how do I lead my family to Christ? Well, first realize that God saved you with a purpose. He saved you, and when he saved you, he had his eye not only on saving you, but he had his eye on, on impacting your father. Oh, you may not even believe it. You may not see it. You don't even think it can happen. God doesn't feel that way about it. He had his eye on saving your friend. You may not see it. You may not believe it. You may not know it. You, you, you may think it's impossible. You know, whenever God got me right with him, God had his eye on all the people that I would touch. And do you know that family member after 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 family member has gotten born again because God chooses and God uses. He has an eye on your family. His heart is set on using you to impact other people in your life that you are connected to. It is his covenant charge. And we need to be like Abraham. First, we need to realize God wants to save my friends and my family. That's, that's, that, that's his hope. That's where his heart is. That, and, and he's willing to do whatever it takes. And he can, use, he can do things behind the scenes that we cannot imagine. And he is wanting to, to absolutely reach our family and our friends. And, 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 and we need to remember that Abraham, he, he, he he stepped up to the plate. He commanded, like Lydia, most likely, you know, hey, come on, go with me. You know, he commanded, you know, many times. I can't tell you the number of times. I bet there's been more than a thousand times that whenever I've got to the place where I'm witness to somebody, that I will say to them, pray with me. And when they look, with, look at me, I will say, listen, that's not a suggestion. That's a command. Pray with me. Pray with me now. And invariably, invariably, they will bow their head and begin to pray. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, you know, where do we get that from? We get that from Acts, the 17th chapter and verse 30. It's what the Word of God says, that God has commanded all men everywhere to repent. Do you know, without, 
without regard to what you may be going through in life, your family or your friends are going through. Let me tell you, don't give up on them. God's not going to give up on them. Continue to bring them to church. Continue to step up into their life. And they might not hear you the first time. They might not hear you the hundred and first time. But believe you me, God's going to use you. He's choosing you and he's going to use you. They will not be able to get away in their darkest hour, in their loneliest moment, in the time whenever they think, you know, no one else knows where they are. God will show up in their bedroom. God will show up in their dreams. God will show up in their friends. God will show up at school. God will show up at work. God will show up and he will send angels on assignment and ministers across their path, people that you don't know about, people you may never even find out about. And almighty God will not be slack. To, he, he, he will not forget your labor of love if he can just get you to labor in love. He'll not forget your labor of love. He'll use you because he's got an eye. He's got his heart set on your family. And be like Jacob and Lydia. You know, uh, uh, t take everybody you can to church. I mean, come on now. That's what they did. Get them under the Word of God. That's what Lydia did. Got them under Paul's preaching. There's something powerful about sitting under the preaching of the Word of God. There's something powerful about your, having your heart stirred. Come on now. You, you may not think it's doing any good. You may, just, you may just think, oh, I'm just spinning my wheels. You may not think you're ever going to see some fruit of it, but you will. You will. No word of God is void of power. And the Bible says in Acts of 50, uh, excuse me, Isaiah, the 55th chapter, it says, as the rain comes down and does not return, but, but waters the earth that it may bring forth in bud, so shall my word be, that it will not return to me void. When the word of God goes out into the ears and the heart of somebody, even if they aren't listening, God's word will not return void. You have hope in Christ when you have hope nowhere else. When you cannot hope in your children, when you cannot hope in your parents, when you cannot hope in your neighbors, when you you cannot hope in your friends when you can't hope in your spouse when you can't even hope in yourself you can hope in God and keep putting that word of God in there keep on being a witness keep on you know keep on loving keep on encouraging and when it comes your moment if you step up to a plate and you have that place you need to step up in a real way and say come on let's go let's do this involve them in hearing the word of God and let them hear the word of God at home you can find that out as I'm closing in Acts chapter 10 you can, you, you can see it in Acts chapter 16, how Cornelius invited the preacher into his home. How that, 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 uh, the, that the jailer invited the preacher into his home and the children heard. And the Bible says everyone that heard got born again. Everyone that heard got filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, you need to get people into the place where they can hear the Word of God. Invite the Word of God into your home. Invite the Word of God, you know, bring the worship of God into your home. Bring God into your home. That's how you can lead your family to Christ. Hey, thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.